Welcome back, everyone. S1, E1, the show where each week we watch the very first televised episode of a different sitcom rated just based on what we saw in the first episode, ignoring any knowledge we may or may not have about future episodes. And at the end of the episode, decide if that's a show that we want to greenlight or cancel. This episode, we're talking about Wings. Wings went 172 episodes over eight seasons, originally airing on NBC. Episode one's called Legacy and originally aired April 19th, 1990. So to start things off, I'm your host, Jay Gags. With me, as always, the guys, Gordo, Nick, Ferg, and Joe. Guys, what's going on? Your brother is a butthead. That gear shift and I had a moment I will never forget. <laughs> Major I go down to the dump and shoot rats. All right, guys. So now, was it NBCJ or was it CBS? I thought the CBS logo was on the Hulu when I watched it. Um, If someone wants to look it up real quick as I'm speaking, I'm I thought it said NBC when I did it, but I would have to double I mean, maybe check. it was one of those shows that switched over. I mean, 170 episodes is a real good long run. Well, and yeah, and to be honest with you, my only real knowledge of Wings is from it being on USA, so I don't even remember Same. Yeah, it anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. That and Nick really liking it as kids. <laughs> I fucking love this show. Nick's our resident USA television original like programming guy. Oh, it's it was like two of them. It was like that and like Burn Notice ten years ago. I was into because I was Monk. unemployed and I had nothing yeah, else to yeah, do. Yeah, and you guys are yeah. Monk people. Monk, La Who Femme didn't Nikita. Like Monk? Are you stockings. saying you don't like Monk? It was a revolutionary was, show. I've By never, the way, I've NBC. Never, I've never. I don't think I've seen. Four it was NBC. Of Monk. Okay, weird. Yep. It said CBS on the Hulu. It do you guys remember that did. show on USA that had uh, Mario Lopez where there were bike cops? Pacific Blue. Pacific, Pacific Blue, Pacific yeah. Blue, thank yeah. you. Yeah, that was another piece of shit TV show. That <laughs> was not, not a good show. show. I'm very. I'm I'll, I'll tell you this though. I I did my best to forget the rest of this show. I am judging it solely on its pilot. Pilot alone, and no so, pun yeah, intended. And, and to go around, did any of you guys have? Have you guys watched Wings before? Do you have a lot of knowledge, memories of watching it? Never seen I it. I know pretty I much did. all of the cast, but I've never seen the, an episode until this week. Yeah, like I knew, I knew the main character, and apparently that's all I knew. I remembered him, and then he didn't even get there till like late. I've seen it, but I don't really remember much because we were younger when this was on. Yeah, I've definitely saw episodes years ago when we were kids, when because it was always on television. But as I was watching episode one, realized I remember absolutely nothing, like zero about this show. You know what's interesting about this show too? I didn't know this, but in research. The five main characters on the show that we've not gotten into yet, but the first five that you're introduced to are in every single episode of the series, which, I mean, even with huge shows, like sometimes like one of the more, most supporting actors is like not on an episode for some reason, right, but every right. single one of the main characters did every single one of the episodes. That's impressive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Especially for a run, yeah, a run like that, 170 plus episodes. All right, so let's. I love this show. I love the idea of this show. Like you said, Nick, everyone's in it because it's a workplace comedy, but not everybody works for the same company, and that's really rare. Right. And this right? is, We're I like, mean, I feel like it's akin to Cheers. It, it kind of has that, that sense. a little bit, yeah. It has you know a mean? Cheers it's vibe, vibe, but it's but people are not. Everyone at Cheers is there for a reason, which they are here too. But right. people are there for different reasons. Like I imagine that. Uh, the girl who works at the cafe is uh, employed by the cafe. The two airline people are employed by the airline. Right. The woman who calls all the stuff out is probably employed by the airport proper. Like everyone's there in the same room, but they're all under different sort of auspices. It's interesting. It's just an interesting way to do like a group like a comedy. Cheers, it is people from all different areas that are coming together, always in the same place. You know what I mean? So I guess in this in this way, it's very similar. I don't know. We've all. I mean, I don't know if if I can say we've all 
But like if you work like I work in an airport, but um, there's a lot of different places you can work where not everybody is part of the same. Like even some offices have multiple offices and you intermingle with people from different spots all the time. And now not to get into the episode or anything yet, but Jay, like you mentioned, you work in an airport currently. Nick and Gordo, I know for a fact you both worked in the airport because I've come to visit you there. Ferg, did you ever work at the airport? No, never worked at the airport. I didn't think so, and I didn't either. When you worked, yeah, so. Ferg, when you worked at the rent-a-car place, that wasn't attached to the airport, though? It, w- it was the airport location for it, right? Yeah, it was dollar rent-a-car. It was right outside the airport, though, where all the rental car places were. I, I know it's it's different yeah, now. Yeah, it's, a, it's like one big facility. Area yeah. out, but... but you didn't have, like, airport credentials. Like, you couldn't no, go. It, okay, was, yeah. it was literally, like, the turn before the airport. But it's it's true to form. Area. It's true to form, too, because, you know, the the weird thing about working at an airport is, like, it's its own little town, right? Yeah. Especially depending on where you have access to and stuff like that. And you get that vibe from this show, I think, where, like, this, this air. I mean, it's Nantucket, so, it, like, in itself, it's its own island specifically. But, like, you get the vibe that this is, like, its own little part of this island that these people are at. And I feel like maybe I if you've ever. Like they were at a ski lodge. I didn't get an airport vibe from the maybe just the just the aesthetics of the actual airport. Yeah, we'll get into we'll get into that. that. We'll get there, but I agree with yeah. you. It doesn't feel like an airport, but I I don't know. I mean, like me personally, I've only ever flown a, a handful of times. I don't like to fly. Yeah, and and I want to get into that. But in it's a, a small anyways. regional airport, right? Yeah, we'll 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 get into that. And I will say also to go back to what we we're saying, it's also very akin to I guess like also working at a mall can kind of be like that if there's people at neighboring stores or the food court. Like you get to know some people that work within it, you know. Yeah, that's similar. You know, this kind of reminded me of Nick. You can agree to this as somebody who worked there, but everybody here hung out there when we all worked at the gas station, right? So in that complex was a convenience store, a subway, and a honeydew donut. Honeydew. So it was, and it was probably the same square footage as this little airport, right? So it was a bunch of people like this who all worked together with people there doing stuff, but they didn't all work. Right. Yeah. It's not like it's not a huge dive into fiction. Like you do really see the same people every single day doing the same thing. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So let's get right into the episode. Uh, So the opening scene I was a little confused by because I was under the assumption it was a dream sequence, but then there was nothing to tell you for sure that it was or wasn't. So you have uh, Joe, the main character walks into this airplane hangar and, um, he, like, walks up to his plane and, like, kisses it and calls it beautiful. And there was also, like, a reaction from the crowd. Like, he got, like, a laugh from the studio audience when he kissed it. And I didn't think that that was funny enough for a laugh. But, you know, who's no. to say? But um, That joke didn't propel me enough into laughing. There we go. And that's when we they also thrust meet. that laughter into our face. Yeah. And we meet uh, Lowell, who's, like, the mechanic handyman who is, like, in the back of the plane at the time. And uh, when I saw it, because it was really dark and there was, like, a lot of, like, what looked like dream sequency foggy smoke coming through the door crack. Like, if they all, you know, like, on other shows, like, if they were to, like, show you that someone was, like, coming from heaven, it would be like that. And I was going through the doorway like the whole time. dream sequence, yeah. Yeah. And but then there was nothing after that scene that was too out of normal and then nothing to follow up with. So I, I'm still at this moment confused if that was supposed to be a dream or not. I love him, too. Like he's is he one of the Spider-Man movies? Is he Sandman? Thomas Hayden Church? He is. Yes, he yeah. is. Right. But the one thing this is so stupid. And I've said this a million times for the past like 25 years. He was on another show after this on Fox called Ned and Stacy. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It was a huge show, yeah. actually. I forgot about that. I only ever watched a couple episodes, but there was one episode where he looks up at the sky and says, Dear God, did you know that Muffin spelt backwards is Sniff'em? 
And I don't know why <laughs> to this day, if we're walking through the grocery store and we walk by muffins, I'll turn to Kelsey and say, hey, Kelsey, did you know muffins backwards and sniff them? Like it's a constant. I don't know why it's there. I guess I have a topic of conversation if I ever meet Thomas Hayden Church. That's um, that is it. We we can add that to the ever growing list of shows we'll eventually do here. And yeah, he gets. Well, we can do a blank and blank month one day. We can do like Will and Grace, Ned and Stacy, yeah. Darman and Greg, Darman and Greg. I I also hate to keep doing this because yeah. I I get into it way too late. The trivia facts, but uh, going back, five Cheers characters made appearances on Wings. Were these shows running Norm? at the same time? What time did um? With, uh, I mean, Cheers was the mid to late 80s, too. So, yeah, they definitely crossed over because that ran for 11 years. Uh, but Norm, Cliff, Frasier, Lilith, and Rebecca all made appearances on the show as their characters. Oh, as their Cheers characters? Yeah. Oh, as their characters. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, they're Which all from Boston, from, oh, so it, it tracks. Right. So this wasn't intended. And John Travolta's son also guest stars in this. There's a Welcome Back Cotter connection, too. His name is Jet, and he's in a number of the scenes. <laughs> Okay. R.I.P. Jet Travolta. <laughs> so, uh, so, anyways, um, so so I guess it's not like uh, I guess it's to go back to Everybody Loves Raymond, and, uh, which we did a few weeks back, and King of Queens, where it wasn't properly King of Queens isn't properly a spinoff, I guess, but it was they run in the same universe, so I guess that's how this works. Th- there was no character from Cheers that created Wings, right? To my knowledge. I don't believe so. I think they probably just were, if it was an NBC show, they probably just like, hey, they were running concurrently and those guys take are in Boston, so it would make sense to put them in Nantucket. Right. So, uh, and yeah, to go back to that scene a little bit, yeah, Joe's kind of just talking to his plane. Um, and then like when we meet Lowell, he's telling him like all about how every time he flies, he feels like closer or he's more sure that there's a God and stuff like that. And Lowell's reply is that he shoots rats behind the dump. <laughs> yeah that, that that was the first big laugh for me i do that? like to you get that character right away like that he needed one line to be yeah. like okay yeah. this is what we yeah. know it's gonna be i like how they don't go to him too often you know what i mean they don't drown you with his stupid yeah, they don't over- a lot you. of it's him like just enough yeah a lot of him I, I don't dislike his character i thought he was funny his lines but if you gave me too much of him i would grow sick yeah, of that right. really quick Exactly. I think it's a yeah. smart thing too, right? Like I usually parallel Seinfeld because I think it's just one of the best sitcoms of all time. But if you watch like season one of Seinfeld, Kramer is very liberally used, right? So they sort of build him up. They put him in the world and you're like, yeah, oh, that's I kind of the... like this guy. And then by the middle of it, he's all over it. So I wonder if in this show, if Ned and Stacy there is in Thomas Hayden Church, you he's probably in have to find, yeah, they, they build yeah. him up. You have to find like the character's voice sometimes, especially with a more wacky character like that. And you know who he kind of reminded me of in a way was... um. Jim from Taxi, Christopher Lloyd's character. I, oh, I, I yeah. saw a lot of comparisons yeah. kind of there. I thought there was a there was like a similar. He, he's not like a stoner type on the show, but I thought it was a similar. I don't know. He reminded me of him. You know who he reminded me of was um, I forget his name, but do you remember the guy who lived in the van behind Step by Cody. Step? Yeah. Cody. Yes, that's what it, that's yeah, what Cody. I thought it was actually. Um, but like he was just always kind of like passing in and out, and he was just like a dumb goofball. And he was eventually replaced on Step by Step by Bronson Pinchot. Yeah, was he really? Himself. Yeah, because yeah. that dude yeah. ended up like beating his mm-hmm. wife or something like yeah, that. So so incorrect. He didn't beat his wife. He was proven innocent of that, but it ruined his whole career. And he fought for like 15 years to like clear his name and get his kids back. It's actually no the shit, most depressing story ever. Yeah, wow. because he was a real life kickboxer. Uh, yeah. Sasha Mitchell is his name. He's Did like he a real his life. wife for a box. Yes, he kicked his wife in the box. 
or didn't for that matter. I don't want to say that because I feel so bad for this guy. He had such a rough go of it. And he's in like, I think a few different, he's in like Bloodsport 6 or like Kickboxer 5. He did some weird stuff, but I mean, best of the best. Not to tangent on step-by-step too much, but that was why he was taken off that show, correct? Even though that wasn't true. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. But it makes me happy because I feel like most people think that. Right. So for the anybody who listens to this episode, he I don't think is a bad person. He's I think innocent. he just got free code. Yeah, he got screwed over and just felt bad and wanted to have his kids back, man. Right, armor. Right. Uh so just to close out that scene, any thoughts of it, like for that kind of cold open scene, like anything any vibe of the show early on? No, it's always it weird was to a me when tone you see people. the rest of the show. It was a very different tone. So, yeah, it was strange. Yeah, I thought that it would go more wacky the show the lighting is interesting too and when it cuts into the um the theme song too the lighting for the theme song is almost done like the right stuff or something like they use a different film stock with like a sheen on it it's like really pretty and like epic looking and then immediately cuts back into like you're in a sitcom and like a single set static sitcom and and you know what um that intro itself i mean the intro was essentially like you see like this kind of establishing shot of an airplane and you see just kind of flying around and it would cut to shots in nantucket and like the music's kind of like a classical music going the whole time i didn't like the intro at all i didn't think that this neither i have it but that's literally my first note yeah It, it just says like awful theme boring underlined three times it's i don't think that it's awful i just don't think it matches the show yeah it just it, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's not the tone vibe. of the show at all and if you were to watch yeah. that intro and granted now Give like we've watched shows vibe. we watch shows that have like no intro but to watch that alone you would think you're about to watch something completely different and like might turn it off and coming into was it ferg or gordo who just said mash vibe me ferg spot on that is I yeah. think, perfect. I don't know if anyone else agrees, but it, it, it's the opening to match, no, right? Where like it's a wacky comedy, but the intro to it, and also, I mean, I don't know if the wing song has lyrics, but the mash song lyrics are <laughs> is, like is suicide is painless. It's like Jesus, goddamn Christ. Yeah, it's super. That depressing. being said, too, if you ever look up the full lyrics to the Cheers theme song, because we talked about that a bit, the lyrics to that are also pretty bonkers and very <laughs> funny and go all sorts of weird ways. Is it? Is, is it one Portnoy. of those songs that's way longer than it needs to be? Yes, yeah. a lot longer. Yeah. I yes. have the record of it. It's like four minutes long, and there's just like all sorts of lyrics about like the dude's like wife leaving him and the cat having issues. It's just it, it's not what you expect. Was that a song that was created for the show, or was it a song that they just eventually used for the intro? I think they created it for the show, and they just smartly were like, "We don't need twenty most of seconds yeah. of this. Will work okay. very very well, but we don't need the weird like sarcastic kind of humorous." <laughs> It almost seems like a song that's more like a Warren Zevon right. piano song or something because it's like sarcastic and weird. It doesn't, it wouldn't match the TV show at all. No, but Jay, I agree with the um the theme song being so bad. It made a bad first impression on me, yeah. and like I was like literally like I kind of want to shut this show off. Yeah, like, and and we'll get into it as we go along. But I I'll say that that I agree with you in a, in a way that that tone carried over for me for a bit. It just didn't. A lot of the things weren't vibing with me until as the episode turned on. But we'll get into it because we've, we've spent a, a good amount of time talking about, I think, 10 other sitcoms <laughs> so far. So we should probably get a little more in the wings. But um, so, yeah. So the first thing we see is like the sign for the airport, which is Tom Never's Field, which I, I never I'm sure they exist. But I never thought of a small even a small airport being called Field like that. But it's in Nantucket, Massachusetts, which uh, for those of you listening, for most of us is only about an hour away from here. Right. Nantucket. It's an hour flight. I looked it up, so it must be a longer drive. I've never been to Nantucket before. Well, you can't drive you to, can't Nantucket, drive Joe. to Nantucket. Well, no. you take the ferry. I mean, like you drive to the ferry <laughs> yeah. versus taking. Oh, yeah, the you plane. have to drive to Falmouth to get to on there, but yeah. 
I've been there. I've actually been to Tom Nevers Field too. It's like some sort of. It's not an airport. It's like a sports complex or something like that. Oh, interesting. Oh, um, okay. Is that but, what? Uh, it, I don't know if it was an airport at one point, but I mean, I was there in probably the late nineties. And, like, you can see, like, it looked like the show. I was a huge fan of the show at the time, too. So, like, the front, that corner, you always see the establishing shot was very similar. Or not similar. It was the same thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know who Tom Never is, but. Yeah, I didn't do any additional. I'm actually kind of surprised that none of us thought to look that up. I mean, it's here right now. I mean, he's just, he was a whale watcher. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, a member of the Nantucket Wampanoag Never family. So So a native from Right, yeah. Okay. And we see, um, we cut into the airport, and it's like the small terminal, and right off the bat, I was having a hard time deciding if I thought this looked really realistic or really fake, and you guys kind of touched on it earlier, but I've seen smaller terminals, like at, at smaller airports, but something about the setup, there was like, in some areas, it was really detailed, they did a good job with that stuff, but something about the, the overall setup made it feel like it was created for a sketch. Well, to this, yeah. and again, you know, I'm not going to get crazy well, about 9-11, but this is very much a reminiscent of a pre-9-11 world, right? Where, like, the airport has literally zero security. It's an open room with different terminals. And there's not terminals. There doesn't need to be, right? You walk out onto it. Well, this is a very small, whatever, small regional spot. You know what I mean? This isn't Logan Airport right, or LAX or I never like flew and you before can, 9-11. You can... Did anybody here fly before 9-11? Yeah. Like, I don't have a yeah. reference except for movies like Home I don't Alone. remember it, but I did. But also, we have an idea. Not we need, not even an idea. We know that there's eight planes in this terminal because of Aeromass. What is it? Aeromass? Aeromass. Aeromass. Yeah, um, the first thing he says. <clears throat> and the other thing combined are eight planes. So in yeah. No, this I think it's just seven. Alone, I think it's six and one. Yeah, he tells me he has one. Oh, I yeah, thought it was six and two. Plane, believe, My bad. Yeah. But he so, might yeah, get a second I mean, one this part on, of the out. airport is only seven airplanes. Yeah. So it would be strange to be bigger, I think. No, no, no. It, but it, and you know what? I was trying to think about it because, again, it's tougher to compare, especially now. Like, in, And we all live close to a very large airport well, overall. But, you know, I was trying to compare it more towards, like, bus terminals. I thought it looked a lot like a bus terminal might. Yeah. yeah I could see that. And uh, yeah, it reminded it, me of that a lot. It definitely looks like a bus terminal. Yeah, or like it an does. Amtrak or like something. A, it feels like a bus terminal, Ooh. but not in a major city. Right, like right. If you I see a bus was, terminal in like the, Connecticut the or something. The way the stairs were, the, the way the stairs led up, it remi- I got like a hotel, like I said before, like a um, ski lodge vibe. and like I didn't think about it, but I a ski almost, lodge is a good mm, But I almost feel like it was supposed to be, like it was a set for something else, and they were like, shit, make this look like an airport. Yeah. Very well could have been, yeah. It's interesting too, right? Like what you said, Ferg, because it's also double tiered like later on you go upstairs and all like the airport lockers are on a secondary level where it's like that doesn't seem to need to be no because like they're trying to make it look bigger because there's nothing really there like why is joe's office downstairs if there's an upstairs like it just i don't know it right yeah layout wise that didn't make sense to me but yeah he um it's sandpiper air which i thought was kind of a weird name for an airline but whatever and we see this. Isn't it a name of a bird? Yeah, sandpiper. Oh, like is it? Bird. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize like, that. That makes more sense. Birds on the beach. Oh, is that like yeah. regional around here? Because that would make sense. Though. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like you know, piping plover. We have sand sandpipers. I didn't know any of this. Stuff. This is all new information to me. Yes. Longshore boners. Yeah. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Who's boner? <laughs> Who's boner? But yeah, so we see a woman. In. We see a woman at the counter and reminding everyone to like make sure the propellers are at a complete stop before like they're walking. And like you get like an audience laugh from it. But I was like, this is this is dark. <laughs> like, how is that a lighthearted <laughs> joke? Like, oh, 
And don't forget, because they're making it sound like, because previously someone got mangled by a propeller. Yeah, not too long obliterated ago. and turned into yeah. a mist by an airplane propeller. I think that's a, an introduction to Faye. You know what I mean? Like she, I don't know. I mean, this is me knowing more about her, but that's like a, she's a no nonsense, like, it, you know, rough person despite the way she speaks and sounds and i'll say this when um as soon as she popped up it was like morbid curiosity and i just i literally just blindly assumed i was like i wonder when she died and i don't know why my because she was already old when this episode came out but she's still alive she's 92 years old so you know good, good i did the same exact good i did the her. same exact thing with roy because i was like there's no way that guy's still alive yeah. and he is he is still very much alive so yeah and to be honest both of them amazing in this yeah. they're both yeah. great in this and i hope they both made enough money after the show that they never had to do anything again i'm sure because I mean, they they're have both amazing run. yeah and yeah so faye and joe get to talking and in that quick exchange is also when we find out that this is joe's airline like so joe owns uh sandpiper air which like can you yeah. just start an airline like you own one plane and call on it an you can i guess yeah if i mean you, i guess it depends if you're on where a pilot you are, i'm I mean, sure well, I could it's see having like, like private charter blue starting something, but yeah, but like you have like a private charter, like I have a plane and airspace. Like I don't know if you could like just be like we're an airline and call it something, but I don't know enough about it. I, to thought, say I thought it was. I imagine it's like a registration yeah. issue with the FAA, and then you're good to go, and you're probably classed for a certain amount of people and a certain amount of planes and a certain amount of distance, and then you pay the taxes and you're good to go, right? You file like any other corporation or business. yeah. I'm sure there's a ton to it that we don't get. <clears throat> I don't know. No, I just, but I thought it, I thought it was the dad's airline, and he left it to. I him. don't think that that was ever established. No. The no. dad. I don't think the dad was even a pilot. Yeah, they didn't really get yeah, into him it. Him and his brother both were. So I figured that with them both being pilots, that maybe the dad owned an airline and then left it to them. So that's why. Why would each kid end up being a, a pilot? Uh, who knows? No, I think one sense. thing to think of though is this show is what year is it? Jay? 90, 1990. This is 1990, right? And these dudes, like Stephen Weber and his brother, are both like both like 30, right? So if you put that at, I think they said like 28. Didn't he say something about 20 years? Yeah, yeah the younger brother. I'm just saying, but 30 is a reference, yeah. right? So like yeah. these, are, this is the generation who were like seven, eight, nine, ten when astronauts supposedly went to the moon. Like that whole generation of people yeah. were like, you know, this is the right stuff era, the Apollo program. I think there's just a lot of people at that point who were like, oh, this is what I want to do, right? Because they're right in that age. Whereas we didn't really have anything that would, yeah, you know, no motivation. Generation. Yeah, I think a lot of people like joined the Air Force or tried to join NASA or became pilots because of Apollo and all that stuff. Right, and um, Apollo Creed, and we we uh, we also meet Roy, who you referenced earlier, and he works at a different airline, like the other competing one. So, and there was like a thing where he accidentally got Joe's mail and just didn't give it to him for a week because he said he was busy because he has this much bigger airline with a total of six planes. <laughs> Yeah. That is my absolute nightmare. I watch the mail like a hawk. Like ever since yeah. the internet gave us tracking numbers, I have been a different person. So the idea of somebody holding a package for me for a week and not giving it to me is literally I'm in the process of moving right now and I'm waiting till the absolute last moment to put a change of address form in because I just don't want there to be anything in limbo I need to worry about. See, I would have done it as soon as possible because Early, the worst case too. yeah, the worst case is stuff goes to your new address. I would be fearful that i move and stuff goes to my old address i did well, that i know people here still because i live in an apartment it. building so people can grab it for me but if it went somewhere else and they were like i don't know who that guy is yeah and send it back to the person <laughs> then, fuck this guy yeah fuck this guy that's why a big thing and this is a psa for everybody out there anytime you move anywhere do you go out you make very good friends with your letter carrier and you give them a very good gift and a bottle of booze every holiday season you're good to go Real quick on Roy, are we to assume he's going to be like a villainous character? Because 
your intro to him is he's already kind of gloating that his airline's better. He's holding on to Joe's mail for longer than he needs to. Like, is this supposed to be a, a thing? Because I kind of get the vibe that they're going to be um, back and forth. I <clears throat> I wouldn't use the word villainous. Well, but... take your knowledge of the show away, though, and based on what we're seeing. No, so I know. Now. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't I, – because they I... did seem like they had a not bad relationship. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there was an argument sort of over the mail, but, I mean, I feel like that would happen between friends too, you know? Possibly. Yeah, I think like this is more like a weird like... co-worker, and I think he's, like, the older guy who has more planes, and he has more seniority, so he's just kind of busting the balls of the younger guy. Yeah, that's what I got, too, that he's just, like, busting chops or just being a dick but not me being it so much that it would make him he's not doing it maliciously like i don't yeah, see, like evil see him as malicious. an evil yeah i don't see him as evil and malicious i just see him as a you know i'm just being a dick to be a dick you got a louis de palma vibe from him very much a louis <laughs> de palma vibe that's two taxis right there again taxi is a show that should definitely be on the list because <laughs> oh it's for sure on the oh it definitely will be. Will. oh yeah and also taxi another show with the very similar opening a very sad song yeah that's true intro that does not match the show right up there with both wings and mash and like i I instinctively want to talk more about it but like we really need to wait until we do a taxi episode because i could talk about that show for a while (laughs) so many like memories attached to that but uh yeah so joe um goes to like this like cafe area in the terminal and that's where we meet the helen character and joe has this very particular blt uh order like he wants it done a very specific way and as soon as He's done speaking. She already has it ready made for him. It's because it was like Tuesday. He always orders that same sandwich on a Tuesday. He doesn't realize how routine he is. So he's like, well, just for your information, today is. And then he realizes it is Tuesday and sits right down. It's weird to see. Oddly remind. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nick. No, it's just weird to see like how they've already gotten into uh, how like, you know, anal and organized he is, but didn't know what day it was. I thought that was. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. The sandwich thing made me think of the first Fast and Furious movie. Where uh, he goes every day and gets the same, was it like chicken to a tuna sandwich with the thing cut off or whatever? Like there's yeah. a whole scene. That scene does remind me of Brian getting the sandwiches in the beginning of Fast Four and Furious slices, 1. extra crispy, mayo on the bottom, mustard on the top, two extra pickles. Would that, have, some people are particular about if things are on the top or bottom. Like, do you notice that when you have sandwiches? Because I've, I've heard of a lot All of right. that kind of stuff. <clears throat> I've so, always yes. everything on the top, personally. Because yeah. Five Guys puts everything on the bottom. And it drives me nuts. I, I feel like I can feel the difference on where it is. I'm sorry. They put the condiments on the bottom and they put the vegetables on top. Yeah. So they don't get like, and it's I like the condiments I don't over like the it. cheese. But I guess I, I kind of get it. to be mixing with the cheese. It matters too because the uh, the bun can absorb the, the condiments and stuff. That's a whole different taste. And yeah, especially on, like a, on a greasy burger, all that gravity takes all that grease downward. Yeah. How many times you've had a cheeseburger at a restaurant and you're eating it halfway through and there's no more bottom bun and a whole lot of top bun left yeah. because the grease just yeah. soaks that, up. Well, right? that's so five five bun you go to covered. Five Guys, that, that burger <clears throat> bun gets like super soggy. Joe, I know you're a mustard weirdo, but mustard on a BLT, how do you feel about that? I actually eat my BLTs no condiments. I do, but I add American cheese. So I do bacon, ah, I don't like tomato, cheese, American no. cheese. I love cheese. I I'm just, just not the place cheese. for it. Yeah. Just mayo. But on a burger, though, I do lettuce, pickle, tomato, cheese, mustard only. Ugh. I don't like BLTs. I love what? I like. BLTs. Oh, you don't like vegetables because you're a giant baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like lettuce nor tomato. Give me a nice. Who doesn't ba- like lettuce? Nice it's like an ant. It's not even food. It's just a fun, crunchy thing. I, I, it's I, a cool I just, color. 
I just see Ferg eating so bacon and toast. We, me and Gordo used to that make BLTs, too, and we didn't like tomatoes, but we still called them BLTs because it was bacon, lettuce, and toast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Acronym still works. Accurate. Yeah, it does. You guys ever put avocado in those? I don't, I don't like avocado. avocado. I, don't I don't like avocado. I like avocados, you big babies. <laughs> I, I, I don't I like, dislike avocado. I but, like them quite a bit. Um, they like jam it into everything now, and I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sick me. of it a little bit. It's yeah. delicious. I, I should say I like guacamole, which is avocado, it's, it's but yeah, I, I wouldn't just eat avocado. avocado. I don't like guacamole either. Phenomenal. I love avocados. Great color. Yeah, I, like I don't it. like the texture. This is mushy shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it's, shit. yeah. I don't. It's yeah. the same reason I don't eat applesauce. Like when I could just eat an apple. Uh, I mean, how often, sauce has a how often as an adult would we ever eat applesauce? I mean, pork chops chop? is like the only thing I could think of, but I can't remember that last time I actually I, I did that. I still don't do that. Like, this I is eat a pork weird... chops all the time. I've never put applesauce. Yeah, I know that. Like, it. there's a pork chops and applesauce is like a thing. But like, you know what else? Which is very made made popular by the Brady Bunch, right. which is another you, coming soon episode. I'm sure. You know what else you can eat <laughs> yeah. with pork chops? Like mashed potatoes or like anything else. Like it's not, yeah. like I don't need a yeah. I don't need. I'm not a baby. I don't need. Jay, that was literally my lunch today. Pork, pork chops, chops and mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you get applesauce? So funny. No, no mash. No, no, uh, no applesauce. <clears throat> Quick um, apple juice though. Quick pork chop story. <laughs> I was in San Antonio recently and. Got the pork chop special, which was forty dollars, I think. And, Jesus. No, 30, 38, 35 or thirty-eight dollars. It was close to forty, whatever it was, and it came out on this fancy plate. And all I could think about is how I could have bought these two pork chops for three dollars. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And then added two more because they were the smallest, thinnest pork. I was so fucking mad at this Where pork chop this? dinner. This in San Antonio, who by the way can't cook a fucking meal no matter what you get, so I wasn't surprised. But um, the taco bowl is pretty good though, buddy. It yeah, that, I mean they do like the Tex Mex and barbecue, but like literally everything else is trash. You can't get a, oh, a pizza, a burger, a, like anything good. Like it's wild. How do you how, mess up a burger? That's I don't know, dude. But they ever. did. It's crazy. Yep. So everything's bigger in Texas, including the prices, but not the portions. <laughs> True. Yes. I also want to mention to go back to this scene is where we, this is also um, kind of important this is where we find out that package that came in that Roy intercepted was it's about like how Joe's father had passed and basically like any inheritance that he's getting is like on the condition that he does it alongside of his brother like has to be there to open it with him and they don't currently get along. This is basically because of Carol who was Joe's ex who then left him to go with Brian, who is Joe's brother, who we will meet later in the episode. So I just want to say real quick, as somebody who has literally the most common name in the entire world, every time one of you says Joe, I like perk up a minute. And I'm like, oh, that fucks me up. Like, I just can't keep forgetting. Yeah. Like, Try being named Mike. Yeah. yeah <laughs> literally average right. Joe. I think I have you be. But you know what? Like, I mean, there's two Mikes in this podcast. I was going to say, I think yes. the... That's true, but neither of you go by Mike. No, but nobody. For that reason. Nobody, no Mike goes by Mike. <laughs> Every Mike you know doesn't go by Mike. Like, none of them. I had a class in college. Right. There was six of us, and the teacher called everyone something different. What did he call you? I think, I think I was something boring. I think it was just Mike F. Like, nothing, nothing fancy. Hey, no veggies. Come to the desk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pork chop. But... Uh, <laughs> He called you applesauce, but it was for a totally different reason. <laughs> There's uh, one thing that also from this whole exchange that I really wanted to mention because it really bothered me. When Helen's talking to Joe and she's like, 
going over this whole thing. She's like making a sandwich for a different customer, which also seemed weird that she was the one making the sandwich, but whatever. But when she goes to give it to the other woman, she makes no eye contact and just basically drops it on the table and as she's talking to Joe and goes right back to him. And if I was a customer and like whoever was working at the diner, the waitress, whatever, just like dropped the food in front of me while she was talking to someone else and like walked off without acknowledging me, I would be furious. And it really bothered me to watch that. I think I you know you're to expect that these people are people who probably live on Nantucket and fly into Boston a lot and they're regulars like a cheers. She so this might, is yeah, more like a, like a Rhea Perlman scenario in cheers, right? Where there's like, here's your fucking sandwich, go for it. And they don't care because they're there every day or once a week, yeah. every weekend. Yeah. You, that's so. the thing. Like they're there either every day or you're never going to see them again. So yeah. Right. So, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Still Even me, in a tip based industry, if you're never going to see them again, you think you'd maybe want to be better, but that makes me think that they're probably like regular passengers to Boston, you know, once a week or something. But I'm with you. If I ever had that in a restaurant, I'd be like, the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And at this point, I'm assuming, and again, I'm telling, I have no other recollection of this show. As soon as they start talking, I'm like, oh, those two are supposed to end up together, right? Oh, yeah. You know right away. Oh, yeah. Definite love interest. It's very obvious. She, she knows his sandwich on what day and it's ready before. Yeah. Just like Brian in Fast and Furious. Stop. Family. <laughs> Family. <laughs> I'm pretty sure every plane that they took in this episode was full of DVD TV <laughs> combos or whatever. You know, you know what I found strange, though? And um, NOS. The fact that, like, it, it's an airport, and she's like, this delivery has to go here by this time. He's like, all right, I'm going to get a sandwich first. There's not, like, a schedule where, like, the planes have to leave and all that other no, stuff. No, he was looking at a schedule early. Well, they do. Because that's what she said. She goes, he, he looks at his watch and he goes, oh, yeah, I got seven minutes. Yeah, he was like, because oh, he was okay. going over his whole schedule with Faye earlier, too. And also, I, got, I just got the vibe that he can go whenever he wanted. <laughs> I think it's weird that for some reason they had to ship lobsters from Nantucket to Boston as if they couldn't have just brought the boats with the lobsters on them to Boston. That's, you know, 40 minutes away. That's also True. the one line not to get weird about. And you guys are going to cut this, but they're like, they want the lobsters alive and but not the passengers whatever they make a joke about it and i'll like a boston with a bunch of passengers so you can edit that out i just want to let you know that was the one in, moment we were watching in this fairness I like, to joe Fuck. i thought the same thing and i'm yes. worried that you're corrupting me <laughs> yes <laughs> i want you to leave this in the episode and just beep out what i'm saying so that ferg can agree with me and then i can for once be at least agreed with it's like a 30 second beep <laughs> It's just a boom. But leave a couple words in, you know, so you know what I'm talking about. So also at this point, we see this is when um, during this conversation with Helen, Faye kind of chimes in and she's like, oh, it's good to honor your, like, your father's last words. And Joe's pretty quick to correct her and says, oh, those aren't his last words. Those were his last wishes. His last words were sit on my lap, Edie, which is because uh, <laughs> he thought his son was Edie Gourmet. Was that her name? Who is like a, a singer? Edie Gourmet, yeah, a singer from back in the day. Yeah, yeah she was married to Steve Allen. Like Steve and Edie was like a a comedy duo with her, and I think Steve Allen. I was like, that's all right. I thought that was funny, but also kind of a like more sexually charged joke in 1990 than I would have expected. When you watch sitcoms from that era, like sit in my lap joke, I was kind of thrown off by. Well, I mean, that's a safe phrase. I mean, it, it, it's kind of at a weird point, right? Like early 90s. Still, things are pretty clean. By the time you get to the mid-90s, like, the whole world flipped and went, like, completely dark. 
But this was kind of yeah. like it was starting to turn at this point. Yeah, the Howard with children opened the floodgates. Yeah. And then, I think it was the Howard Stern era, honestly. It really was. I was thinking the same thing actually right before because you said it. Because he like really opened up the fact that people love R-rated shit, and like they they just like catered to it, which would make sense because this TV show was on what network, everybody? WNBC. <laughs> Thank you, Ferg. So on the uh, the next scene that happens, uh, we finally meet Brian, who's Joe's brother, and he immediately runs for Roy to congratulate him on like running such a great airline, and starts going over all these cost cutting things he's doing and how smart it is, like not including life jackets and using a kid who's fresh out of flight school who he had a few drinks with before the flight, and that scares everybody away from the desk to go to the other one. And that was like, having a few drinks. I had a few drinks with him before the flight got a, such a genuine laugh out of me because he was so good and rapid fire when he said that. Yeah, his yeah. delivery on all that. When stuff he really says good. he had like eye damage. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Like eye damage. Yeah, when I you like both too. eyes he or said, something. Oh, who needs to look left? And forgive yes. me. I don't remember. I don't remember the character, uh, the actor's name, but Stephen Weber, Stephen Weber. Is he, would I know him from a bunch of other stuff? Like, or is he, or like him and Joe, like basically. He, just honestly. I know him from two things. In. I don't know if anybody else knows him for anything. This would be his main uh, credit, right? I want to say he was wins. in one of those Stephen King movies. He like, is. He's in the, the Shining TV remake one. that was on TV yep. when we were kids. Uh, he plays Jack Torrance in the Shining remake. The thing I know him the most the more from accurate is um, he's the main fe- adult male character in um, Single White Female, which I don't know if anybody saw, but like that was a huge movie in the 90s, right? Because that's when like all the sexual thrillers were coming out, right. like Sex, Lies, and Videotape, and... Um, Basic Instinct, but single white female basically is oh. he's starring. Is that in with it. Wesley it's, it's Snipes? No, it's it's him, um, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Bridget Fonda. Jay, he was in Ballers too. I think you watched that. And you see him pop up in a lot of stuff now. He's one of those actors who like definitely pops into a show for like an episode. I don't know if he's done a lot of movies since then, but he's also in um, the Get Show. I don't know if anybody like. I feel like I'm the only person who watches Get Shorty, the TV show. It's actually with uh, Roy from the IT Crowd. I, I didn't love know that the, existed. I love the book. I love the movie. And Elmer Leonard's one of my favorite authors, but I just don't have that channel, like Epics or whatever. Yeah, no, I had to stream it. Um, but it was it's it's a good show, and um, Stephen Weber's in it. Oh, yeah, but I always that forget that that show was created because I, I like the movie quite a bit. But um, yeah, anyway, so Joe hears his brother because Joe's upstairs doing something in the upstairs area, this terminal that we haven't really figured out what goes on up there. But um, here's him. He calls down to him. One thing that was super distracting to me was how baggy Brian's pants were. And then he Thank made you. a baggy pants. He, say, he pants. says it later. Yeah. Yes. yeah. He yeah. then makes fun of him for baggy pants. He calls pants, him baggy pants or something. I'm like, crazy pants. Meanwhile, like, you're wearing the baggiest pants, like, in a <laughs> style that, like, I don't know if I'm just unaware of it. Like, I don't know if this was just, like, a, of the era style because we were so young when this happened. This is pre Janko. But yeah, what, I was like, what I thought of is, what kind you know, of pants when you see, like, a pilot. You know when you see like a pilot in like the 30s and they have those very classic khaki pants and they're tucked into really tall boots and they pop out at the leg? What I got from that is he's such like an old-timey classic pilot that he's wearing those pants. But instead of wearing the like knee-high boots, he's just wearing like tennis shoes. So they look fucking crazy. That's an interesting look, that's the only thing that Mm. makes sense. Otherwise, he's just wearing pants that I don't know how the waist fits in. That's a really weird insider reference then. (laughs) I think most people would have gotten that. Sure, I don't know why I thought of it. But like if they're going for like these guys are such diehard pilots, then maybe they want to wear, you know, classic pilot gear. The only other thing... if he wasn't wearing like a white scarf, I mean that'd be one of the yeah. like, big telltale things. I think thing, they right? were just trying to show the polar opposites. You know, one's 
Yeah, Kemp, carefree because well, he was chartering in like a tropical place. So I th- thought right, maybe but that's, why do you, why yeah. do he call his brother Baggy Pants later? Like what what, what <laughs> yeah, does that no, mean? I, no, I didn't yeah. get it either because <laughs> yeah. I noticed right away his is way baggier. <laughs> Maybe it was like a reverse thing. It was like a you are rubber, I am glue, what I say to you, six to me scenario or something. I don't know what's going on there. So, uh, yeah, and, and while they're, they're finally embracing one another for the first time in a while, Brian tells Joe, like, yeah, you need to, like, relax a little bit. You look kind of tired. And he's like, I'm fine. It's not an issue. He's like, oh, well, you don't want to end up like Howard Hughes, who, you know, was locked in a hotel sitting on Kleenex sucking applesauce. There's the applesauce reference uh, through a straw. And that this is when you see Lowell again. First time in the proper part of the episode. And he goes like, oh, that's so weird. We have the same hobbies. <laughs> and there was stuff like about that Howard Hughes reference thing that they were going to that was so confusing to me. Like sitting on Kleenex. What did that? Tissues? That's what he used for shoes. Howard Hughes. That's what he used. Yeah, for Howard shoes. Hughes. He's like classic thing was that he walked around with instead of he had really long fingernails, really long hair. And he walked around wearing. Um, OK, this is an actual person. I, I literally had no idea what yeah. any of this. Oh, was. yeah. I thought they Howard were... Hughes. Oh, yeah. He's like Howard one Hughes? of the yeah. I mean radio engineering okay the spruce goose i mean there's like eight thousand simpsons references that if you look him up you're gonna be like oh i know who that is completely right away all right because i'm like is this just someone in their world that they're like i thought this was a made-up character i i honestly i know did idea. you ever see the um Leonardo DiCaprio movie the aviator um yes. i'm familiar with that i can't remember if i've seen it or not to be honest with you but that's like that's like the howard hughes movie but he okay. was like in film he was in radio he was in engineering but his big thing was aviation Got he it. built his big, he's like lifelong dream was to build this one giant plane called the, uh, I forget if it's the Spruce Moose or the Spruce Goose because one is the real name and one is the Simpsons joke, but it was like this giant plane that he never thought could like get off the ground. Uh, he's yeah. also played by, who's the guy we loved in Lost? Locke? I've never seen Lost. Nick, when we used to watch Lost every week. In yeah, John Locke. John Locke. I forget that actor's name, but in the movie The Rocketeer, one of the best early 90s Disney movies, uh, <laughs> Howard Hughes is played by him. I don't know why this is coming to my mind right now, but there we are. I don't want to get into this in tangent because Terry O'Quinn. It's gonna be a long Terry episode. Terry O'Quinn, thank you. Yeah, Terry O'Quinn plays him. I'm very confident that your list of Disney movies is way off. Okay, for Disney movies like 1990 to 1993, The Rocketeer is top tier, and then we start getting into good stuff like Mighty Ducks again after that. But Rocketeer rules, man. I have no. I, we like that movie, but it's universally hated by all, most most people. That's a shame because that movie rules, and it has the best James Bond of all time in it, Timothy Dalton. Agreed. T- my man, right there. So uh, Bond. Lo- I love T. Dalt. So me too. T. Dalt's forever. Helen sees Brian, and we've we, did we establish earlier that Helen's known Joe since they were children. Did we talk about that earlier? Oh, that's one of my one of we my favorite yet, lines coming she up. She says that she moved yeah. to. She's from the she's south. She's from right? Texas, and she, and moved, she moved. She Texas, moved there when she was, she moved there when she was ten. Right. Yeah. Now another show, another coming soon show. I'm sure we'll do is Empty Nest, where her character and the character of the receptionist in Empty Nest, who's also Southern, are like complete perfect parallels which is pretty interesting yeah so um so because of that obviously she obviously has known brian for quite a while as well so they catch up immediately and we find out a little bit of backstory for both of them um through their interaction because obviously brian and joe aren't gonna catch up the same way so we find out that like brian's doing like charter air like he's doing like stuff in the caribbean for like rich and famous people and helen's backstory is just that like she had lost a lot of weight. I guess when she was younger, she was like 60 pounds heavier. And that's all we really get uh, out of that conversation. But but you're getting a little bit of backstory from the two of them. And she's trying yeah, to Yeah, her actress. accent confused me. I didn't get why she still had a, a southern accent. 
Well, it doesn't just go like if I moved to Texas, I wouldn't just develop a thick Texas twang immediately either. You like, would after twenty years. You get a little bit, but you some drop of, your Boston. I think it accent. depends on the age you move yeah. and also how many people around you have a different accent. Yeah, it's true no too. one in this show seems to have the accent that most people in Massachusetts have. So, well, imagine if this was made now, though they they would lean heavy into it. Oh, they'd lean so hard into the accents now. Yeah, you know what It'd I like awful. too is um, fucking worse. Right at this point, too, like as they're exiting that conversation, because Joe steps in, does, doesn't seem to want Brian and Helen talking too long. As Joe and Brian are walking away, there's a moment where Brian addresses what we want to know is like, is there something going on between you two? He's like, no, she's like, she's like, uh, she's just a friend. She's like a baby sister. And Brian's like, right, I should go give her a bath. <laughs> give that yeah. tyke a bath. Yeah. Give that little yeah. tyke a bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was such a good line. And then once they make it into the office, like the the Carol situation comes up very briefly because Carol again Joe's ex, but Brian kind of scooped him from his brother, and then they ended up getting married. So, uh, or would they just married? keep calling her a pig the entire episode? Yeah, just like the it. pig. Yeah, it's Carol, like Alec Baldwin on the phone with his daughter. It's yeah. so uncomfortable. Yeah, Helen originally calls her a pig, and Joe defends her because Joe's clearly yeah. still in love with her, even though you know she left him for his brother, but still you know has strong feelings for her. And when we're in the office, too, one thing I liked was uh, the, there's this whole scene where Brian discovers that Joe labeled one of the drawers empty. Yeah, just... This is my favorite part of the yeah. episode, because when he's leaning on the top of that cabinet and he goes, oh, it hurts. And then he sits up and he's got a bag clip on his nose. He goes, you think it'll leave a mark? I fucking lost it. It killed me. I don't know why, because it wasn't really that funny in, in general, but it killed me. It was a little out of nowhere. Like, I didn't quite understand why that happened why was he even saying it hurt because he had a bag clip on his nose but why what was the setup oh like, yeah oh, no father, i don't even remember the father's yeah. death or something like that well, that's a weird way to transition that but yeah i think you're just trying to break up the moment and bring a little levity yeah. to the situation that, because that happens obviously... a few times with the two of them they he completely just goes off to on another subject out of yeah nowhere. he does it a few different times i think he's just trying to like break the ice a little to get them back to talking can we you know, talk normally. about i mean wait do we get to the package yet not yet. We're just not there. Yet. Okay. No. All right. I don't think we mentioned that it's been six years since they've talked. Which is weird. You think it would be a little like, like the dads died in that time. They still haven't talked. That's true. Like they would have eventually been at like the wake and funeral and everything, right? Or like just getting everything in order. So there should have well, been no, later some. The, later Joe talks about how Brian wasn't around for any of that. Okay. okay. And that Joe was well, taking he, care no, of No, he wasn't dad, around for know. the end, he says. He says you weren't around to like the last see few him years. towards the end when he was like yeah. crazy. But That's true. But if they were talking six years and he was taking care like, of the dad, you know. I'd imagine that he wasn't around for at least those years. Yeah, because that's when he told them that like, because Brian says, oh, well, you know, he's pretty convinced that they're going to be rich because of a phone call that he got from his father where he basically said like, you know, you guys are going to be like, or we're rich or whatever. And that's when Joe does tell him, yeah, like those last few years were not the same guy and was talking mm-hmm. about how he would like go to the market in an apron to demo like cheese spread, but <laughs> wasn't employed by anybody to do that. He was just showing up and giving people cheese spread. To be fair, those cheese balls that you spread with like the nuts in them, uh, any chance to get that for free, I'd take it. Oh, uh, yeah, but like, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I want a stranger opening it up on his own accord and just like handing me some like in the middle of the store. Like When, that, when he told that story I'll that he put like a, an apron on and spread cheese, did anyone I mean, I, like think he only put an apron yes. on? Like, he, yeah, yeah there's nothing the under the apron. Of. All right, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did not, but now I do. Right. <laughs> And I thought spreading cheese meant something else, too. (laughs) (laughs) 
What did you Is think? Anybody it, else? That's the ghost you know, of Goro like, future. <laughs> spreading, just spreading cheeks. You know, <laughs> the cheeks or legs or something. You know, you got a you got an apron on. You you spread your legs. There's, I mean, there's got to be something. Yeah. To be I wanted to say Wait, like you have an apron on and you spread your legs. So every time you put an apron on, your first move is to <laughs> start spreading your legs. That's what you do first. No, no, I'm just saying that. But in the context of this, I thought that spreading cheese meant you know either either spreading your your butt cheeks. Well, I was thinking like, or like spread eagle, like you know, you spread caused me eagle. Last time on this one. Yeah, there's spread eagle. There's like pressed ham, right? When you is that yeah, like your ass there's a fruit the... salad, <laughs> yummy, yummy. <laughs> what? Um, what? Oh, I fucking hate this. You don't know the fruit salad? I don't know. That's if I'm... the front. Okay. That's the front press. It's a it's a pressed ham, but it's a front. It's a did fruit you, salad. The wait, I don't know press. That. It makes it sound like it's expensive coffee. First, On to the next subject. When you first said it, though, did you say yummy, yummy? Yes, you don't know the Wiggles song? Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. No, I don't, you know, don't know that. I don't listen to the Wiggles <laughs> much. I'm 35. It's a catchy song. Uh, right, you went into Joe territory talking about that, like anyone would know it. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, a fruit salad, like, <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> so, I'm a little offended that you, know you what? went somebody to somebody out there is going to get it and they're going to think that I'm a the fucking the comedic <laughs> genius. I'm so I don't mean to, Mister Bobo or Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a couple weeks episode where you just flat out told me I wasn't a normal human being. <laughs> I think that was around the uh, the toilet cookies era. Uh, the water cookies. One, one thing I want to say before we move past this, uh, before we have a four hour episode on wings. If I was to guess, speaking of aprons, I would say when barbecuing of the five of us, Gordo and Joe both wear aprons when they barbecue. Oh, 100%. Correct. Yep. yep. All right. So got it. I, I had hedgehogs on this. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I do have a hedgehog apron, actually. <laughs> I also have one that is the bottom half of Michelangelo's David. Oh. It's just one <laughs> large doll. So we're going to need to see that. Maybe, yeah, maybe if we can uh, go to, uh, I'll have yeah. to probably censor it for Instagram, but if you can give me a picture of you in it, I can blur out part of it's it. It's art. You don't have yeah, to censor it. I'll have to it. go in and find it. Okay. But yeah, I will. Yeah, it's a piece of classic art. You don't have to censor that. Instagram yeah. can't take that away from you. Yeah, well, who knows? They flag a lot of weird shit these days. But So anyways, in this box, uh, they find a key to a safety deposit box, and now they're like really excited. They almost hugged. They're so, so excited because they think they're rich at this point. And Joe, Joe they're heading out now because they got to get to the safety deposit box. And before, well, after Joe leaves, Brian picks up the phone and tries to call Carol to inform you know her that he might be in, into some money now. But this is when we find out that uh, him and Carol are no longer together either. And just like how she left Joe for Brian, she has now left Brian for another man. No no one's with Carol at this point. Not, not of the two brothers, at least. Yeah, that pig. And which is a big reveal, because I'll tell you, at this point, I assumed it was like a matter of time that she moves up there with him. And that was going to be like a whole thing. Like, I thought that's where that was going. So I was a little surprised to see that they had broken up. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. That I thought they moved together. I thought that I didn't know. I didn't think they'd break up, but I thought it would be like a like the kind of character on a TV show where you only hear her on the phone, right? And she's like an annoyance, or they're an annoyance, or whatever. Like I thought that maybe she'd be like a present character to be like. Yeah, I just thought it was going to be more uh, of a thing because it was such a big deal from the front of the episode and why they weren't talking. I thought they would have that tension with the three of them exist for a while. So I was a little surprised by that. And uh, right before Brian leaves after the phone call, by the way. He uh, throws that that bag clip into the empty drawer just to bother, like, and says out loud to himself, <laughs> that, like, it's really going to bother Joe. <laughs> it's no longer empty. 
And now we get into a new scene, and we're back at the terminal, which I really thought the next scene was going to be at the bank. But um, they so they go to the bank and retrieve the— Wasn't in the budget yet. No. So they, they This is a one set show yeah. or two sets, I guess, the planes. Yeah, so Yeah, they have the inside of the Because I, I love the idea of it. They go to the bank, open the safety deposit box, take the contents out, don't open it there, go all the way back to the terminal, and then like not even open it in private. They, they can't open it. They they said it's right. stuck shut. Yeah, well, and, yeah and, and then opened it very quickly with a screwdriver. Yes, exactly. He borrows a screwdriver <laughs> yeah. and like the second it touches it just flops open. Like so it's like, well, we can't seem yeah. to open this and boop. But, yeah, I, I like this idea that, like, they're going to open this in front of everyone. Because you don't know how personal or private what's in there is. And, like, you're just like, hey, everybody, let's come and open this box. I just thought that was, like, a, been a giant it was, like, a little weird. I, well, I guess. <laughs> I, that wasn't. Or as you guys like to call them, a giant flashlight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you also skipped over Lloyd's antihistamine joke. <laughs> yes. And I thought that was funny because I don't think it was a – I think he had – made this mistake on his own is how I deduced that one and stabbed himself with a screwdriver. Yeah, so inside of this box is a key to a different box. So now that it's a post major hooters, right? Like we missed major hooters. That's coming up. So oh, I thought that was before this as they were no, leaving the airport. It's, it's, yeah, that's right as this is happening. They get the key and now they know they have to leave the airport to go to Boston. Oh, uh, that's my apologies <laughs> because hooters. there's 40 different boxes they have to get at yeah, this point. Yeah, it gets so, too much. This this scene doesn't work at all because it gets it's just too dragged out. Yeah, and and as Joe said, so uh, they're on their way to now they have to go to Boston. Joe was gonna fly out there anyways. Joe character was gonna fly out there anyways. And um, I'm not flying anywhere. Right as they're talking, <laughs> yeah. Right as they're talking, a girl walks by and Brian just turns around and screams, "Major Hooters!" And she like looks over. <laughs> And I was like, and he was what like, did you say? It was funny. And he goes back and he pretends that his name is like Major Tom Hooters. Bob or something. Hooters, or, yeah. U.S. Air Force. And like, Major Hooters, Major Bob Hooters. Yeah, so he yes. so he gets he gets out of it that way. But I was just thinking like the mindset. Like if he's supposed to be like 28 years old and a girl walks by and you just scream out Major Hooters. Like are you six years old? Also, bad move, bad guy, bad everything. Yeah, that's not the way. It was way the 90s, man. It was more acceptable. It was more acceptable. Yeah. In the 90s. It was, it was yeah. like swing. Like, yeah. It also made me think of the TV show show major dad and i had to think i was like is major dad's last name hooters because that'd be a really funny twist on that TV think show. Of major pain <laughs> starring bam bam bigelow r.i.p r.i.p um starring is a stretch <laughs> really calling it a movie is a stretch <laughs> from there so as after the major hooters thing um <laughs> the next scene is i'm in the plane so they went and obviously something didn't go according to plan, right? Because they don't look happy. So they're they're kind of bickering back and forth, and in they're young, and there's a passenger sitting behind them on this plane who's like he keeps chiming in because he thinks something's wrong, and he's getting very nervous as the two of them keep yelling at one another. But in this uh, whole conversation between them, we find out like Brian lost his job; he's no longer working there uh, in the Caribbean doing like the charter flights, and also like Brian gets on Joe for. Kind of thinking that he's like the martyr of the family and that everything was just a sacrifice when in reality he was probably just afraid to branch out and try things. And I thought the more like interesting thing too with, with, with Brian is we find out that like he had like a like a free ride to Princeton, was supposed to go to like NASA. He yeah, went sabotaged NASA. was actually there for yeah, two yeah, days. Yeah, he went for a couple of days. He was like the youngest he ever a girl on the pod. Yeah, the youngest ever to like be asked into like that the space camp. But so he's like this child prodigy in a way, right? And mm-hmm. and it's just interesting. Like he obviously sabotaged and ruined all these things for himself. But you're like this. What a 
complex character because he's nothing but goofy at all times. But like Princeton, NASA, like all these things were just thrown at him. Like these things that people are striving yep. towards. Which brother's older? Joe, Joe. I assumed. Joe. Joe is older. Yeah, I think Joe is yeah. the older one. And in the midst of the argument, they missed the landing spot, which I thought was really funny. And he's just like, oh, he's like to cover himself. He's like, well, we're going to we'll land this when I want to land this. And he just takes this sharp turn. And you see like the exterior shot of the plane going like sideways. And actually, you left yeah, out, you left that was out a bit line. much for me. Uh, what, <laughs> you left that was out a bit much I'd rather me. crash this plane line. Oh, oh. <laughs> when they're arguing. We have some planes. We're heading back to the airport. <laughs> That's all I could think of. That was when they changed the name to my. Uh, edit that the, out. Yeah, that one's getting cut out. I think the uh, the guy who was the passenger behind them too is like perfect casting for that type of role. Like he is memorable enough to be funny. You know, but what's also great? unassuming enough to not. Stand and unassuming out. enough that like you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry about him again or whatever. But yeah, uh, a bunch of airline crash jokes are a little tough for me. But that that dude's reaction after when they just show him walking in like. Sweating. Yeah. He's sweating yeah. is great. It's great physical comedy. And actually, you know what happened too is when he spun that plane like like quick to turn, what it reminded me of is actually, Joe, when you went on like your first plane ride, I remember you texting me because oh, you yeah. you didn't realize that when a plane first takes off, because Joe, like how old were you? Banks. You were like about 30 the first time you flew, right? Or close to? Yeah, just about. Yeah, when a plane first takes off and they're trying to like get in order and get on their path, the turn is a lot more extreme than you realize. It's not like they're turning like a car. They're <laughs> I wish I could have seen Joe look at the ground from the window. Yeah, and you look out the window sometimes <laughs> and you just see the ground. It, it can be a bit scary if you don't, if, if you yeah. were Joe and have never flown at that point. Oh yeah, no, it's, and you listen, look out the I window, fly all the time. And f- takeoff still fucks with me. I hate takeoff. Yeah. I never, never like takeoff. I never understood. I'm like, afraid of landing. I, that, I don't understand that, that mindset. A lot of people say yeah. that. I like landing. I yeah. feel like the closer I get to the earth, the safer yeah, I am. Yeah, like, I, I, I just feel safer. I don't like to take oh, I off. I, but when landing happens, as we get closer and I can like make things out again, like when I can start seeing individual cars and stuff, I'm like, all right. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Yep. I, I think it's more one way you're going up, you're elevating. The other, you're plummeting to the ground. But I, I and know then I, you get you get that slam when when the wheels first hit the ground. I don't like that at all. That's my favorite feeling. Really I know this death trap has does finally anybody, landed back on the ground. Maybe it's just me and my shitty diet. But does anybody else like... Uh, do, they, do you like decompress on descent? Like, because I feel like like the last you know ten thousand feet is just one long fart every time I fly, and I don't understand why. I've never had that happen to me. In just my life, me, but, okay. Yeah, I I that. But you know, but <laughs> but I do I'll make it a, a, a I do make it a uh, point to take a crap on every every flight I'm on. I'm shitting in the sky. Um, but Always what also do. bugs me about I've takeoff never, is that never. If you like airplane crash statistics, like ninety percent of airplane crashes happen at takeoff, and so I'm Not like, landing. just get me in yeah. the fucking air. Yeah. Well, I think it's a big percentage is landing too. But so you, you know, know, it's just the idea of coming down to the <clears throat> earth, and then yep. something can go wrong there, and then you're headed down. Yeah, yeah I you're don't still going 150 out. miles an hour, even at your yeah, slowest. Yeah, but a plane can glide. A plane isn't going at a 90 degree angle down like it is when you're ascending. Yeah. When you're descending, you're it's just coming slowly like dropping this. Down, yeah. And I don't want to get yeah. you're like, going yeah. down, and then all of a sudden those tires hit the ground, and you slam. What if the tire gets a flat, or what if the tire snaps off, and all of a sudden the front of the plane hits the ground? You drag it. I'd still be like, I'm on the ground. We have a shot. Yeah. If yeah. I feel like I can jump out a window run. if I need to. Yeah. yeah. 
but I don't want to get too morbid That's here. That's why I don't take my seatbelt yeah. off. <laughs> we go, yeah, we got dark. Yeah, All right. I, I don't want to get too morbid. But yeah, so you know, when we get here, this is when we find out like kind of what happened on the trip because obviously they were mad when they were still flying. So when when we get back to the terminal, it's like basically they were on this like wild scavenger hunt where they were going from P.O. box to safety deposit box back and forth each time finding a different key. They must have gone like 20 different places, spent the entire day looking, and they ended up with this one key and they don't know what it's for. So that's what the trip led them to is like one key and they have no idea what it's for. How did he not know what it was I want, for? Well, hold on. I, I want to get into that because okay. we'll, we'll get yeah. there when it's revealed. So he's like, so they have nothing. So that's, that's the thing. Brian's like, we have nothing. And Joe's like, at least you have Carol. So like this has been like haunting him all day. Just being around his brother all day just made him think about Carol. And it's so clear he just never, ever got over. And it's really, you know, really been hurting him this whole time. And then as soon as he finds out that Carol left Brian as well under this kind of similar circumstances, he immediately just goes, that pig. So like just- Yeah, they all go back to the pig That theme of just calling her a pig the whole episode. That was good. And it was like this weight was like almost, it's not like he was happy that his brother was broken up with, but there was this like weight lifted off Somebody hurt his brother. Yeah. It was like this whole weight of that longing for her went away when he found that out. Well, now he's not alone in in those- We transferred over his hate of his brother. Yeah back over yeah. to her and then him and his brother were okay like that lifted the weight where he was like, right oh, and that's her. also i'm not mad at him anymore now i'm mad at her and, and we can start over brian was also able to kind of compute oh the way i've been feeling lately is what i did to you that's how you've been feeling yeah. so they both kind of mutually got closer to one another in that moment when that happened yeah they both grew up a little bit yeah yeah and Joe offers Brian a job because in the plane ride, Brian did insinuate that he was going to ask him for a job while he was up here, which was never going to happen. And now Brian doesn't want the job because he doesn't want to be offered out of pity. And that's when he calls him baggy pants, which we talked about earlier, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm still so yeah. confused because he's wearing the baggiest pants as he's calling someone baggy pants. So, yeah, right here is when Faye hears him talking and she just calls them as like Brian's about to walk out and goes, Oh, I recognize what that key's from. It's one of the lockers for upstairs. And it's like, how the fuck would they mm-hmm. not recognize that? <laughs> yeah. Especially right. him with how anal retentive he is retentive he is. Like he he should have spotted that right away and oh, that's one of our lockers. And furthermore, yeah, he, should, yeah, he should track the, everything waitress... in that whole building. He should know what every single thing is, what everything looks like. It, yeah, that that place is his life. Like And the thing was, as soon as she said that, he throws the key up to Lowell and he's like Hey, check locker number five. So you know that you have a missing locker key to one of these lockers for a while. Like so, I think it said five on the key. No, it didn't say anything. I, I don't think they it said, said anything. That was key. a thing. They had no idea what it was for because I think it was blank. But I mean, the bigger point is why wouldn't why would the waitress know? No, no, no. Faye, Faye's the um the the reception the, the one who works at the desk. Oh, I thought it was the waitress. No, who like no, the, yeah, the, was... the ticketing woman. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. All right, my bad. Well, either my way, bad. I guess either of them could reckon because they both because you still work. Also, I've them. been trying to think this whole time as to why there would be lockers in an airport, and I can't think of why. That, there would I be. think that used to be like well, a those thing are employee, employee, no. employee lockers. No, because no, uh, like yeah, a lot of Jay, bus and train bus stations do that is a big too, one too. Yeah. How many movies do they have to? Yeah, go like to in the... Men in Black too. That's true, actually. There's yeah. a ton of yeah. movies. Men in Black too with the watch. I just don't think it's a thing these days, especially because of security issues. Like you know, I don't want to do this post nine eleven. Uh, like a lot of security measures changed at like at public places like that, like airports and stuff. But it wasn't uncommon to have like lockers at those kind of like bus uh, depots and stuff like that because people would go away for a few days and leave something there 
that they can't bring with them and come back, whatever. You might grab a... Right, if you have, like, a knife on your keys or you have something in your bag they don't want to let you take and you're just like, well, I'll get a locker for three days for 10 bucks. Yeah. Or in most cases, a giant bag of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually in movies, it's nefarious bags yeah. of money. But I remember like, when I came back every Every action movie from the 90s involves, like, a locker at a train station that's full of money. It's true. Or it's yeah. a... Or it's a uh, prosthetic leg, if you're on a Sopranos episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so but, yeah, I remember going to my brother's, coming back from my brother's wedding. He gave us all those railroad spikes that people make like um, bottle openers out of. And this is the second time I had ever flown. So I'm freaked out. I'm on Xanax. I'm drinking. And I just see like five TSA people running over. And Kelsey was just like, you know, that's your bag, right? And I was like, no. And when it went through the x-ray, they just thought I had a giant knife. And they were like... <laughs> <laughs> if they don't want if they don't let you take this you're gonna have to either mail it home or get a locker and if you don't live there you're gonna have to mail it home and i guess the airport mail thing is like very specific and very expensive so yeah they they let it they let it through luckily shit. but there was actually a Nine year times out of 10 i would just leave my shit there it's like fuck. so there was there was <laughs> yeah. years ago when we went to new orleans me ferg and another oh, yep, friend of ours you and pj right we me and our friend pj both had knives on us when we were trying to go through tsa and didn't realize that both of us did they get through no, they cut. They caught it both times and took them and confiscated them. And like, if we wanted to mail them home or whatever, that's like an option. But the idea that two out of three people traveling together both had knives—they were just like, <laughs> okay, just keep going. We're taking the knives. Were you guys with me when I got frisked by Secret Service? No, in, on I was actually on Martha's Vineyard. We went to Martha's Vineyard and we happened to be there at the same time Obama was there. Oh, I was. And we were yeah, eating I was in there, a restaurant. I was there that trip. Oh. Yeah, and so when we went into that restaurant after the fireworks, uh, Obama was, like, next door, so Secret Service had to search us all, and I had a big knife on my belt, and I was like, fuck. And as the dude was searching me, he knocked the phone out of my hand and into a bush, and I was like, oh, fuck, and he just completely missed the knife. So all you got to do is drop your phone, drop I your guess, phone. to drop a phone. Secret Service. <laughs> I love how they were and all that's wearing, the story like, of the time that Nick tried to assassinate the president. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That one time Nick tried to kill Obama. <laughs> so at any event, I want to get back to this. Uh, so Joe throws the key up to Lowell, and Lowell's like on a payphone talking to his mother, and he's like, one minute, Mom, and goes over to the locker, uh, discovers his briefcase, and is going to throw it down, but he first wants to note that um, the scratch on it was there before he grabbed it. He doesn't want to um, be accused of ruining the, the suitcase. And Another good thing, right? They use Lowell for like four lines in the episode, and they're yeah, all very there's meat in every bone. Yeah, and, yeah. and like we said by, before, by the way, it bothered me so much that he threw it down. I'm like, you don't even know what's yeah, in there. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I would have walked it, it down. It's, it's like, like really bothered room. me if he didn't catch it. He had to get back to the phone call with his mom. Yeah, he didn't have time to walk down the stairs. I was under the assumption that it was it was expected that he was going to throw it down. I, I didn't even think twice about that. To be completely honest with you, I can't remember now if one of them says, "Can you toss it down to us?" One of them might have. Yeah, he does. He did it. Does he? I'm pretty yeah, sure well, he Joe like, tells he him to give, throw it he down. Like, you know, motions to, you know, the universal symbol for let me catch it. And again, I mean, like, I get that it's a TV show, but again, now, like, it's going to be this big reveal, and they're like, hey, everybody, watch us open this, even though it can be incredibly <laughs> private. But, um, I love the reveal, though. Yeah, they open up the, <laughs> they open up the briefcase and out pops, like, uh, what do they call the, like, snakes? Like, the it's silly snakes. snakes. The pe- it's yeah, the peanut brittle. Snakes. I just thing. love how Brian no sells it. Everybody freaks out, and Brian <laughs> no-sells the snakes because he's just so bummed out that yeah. that's what it was. <laughs> I thought it was great. Like, it doesn't phase and, and to our listeners, it's not actual snakes. It. It's the kind of snakes that you'd find in, like, a can of peanuts that yeah. you trick people yeah, yeah. with. Like, like those. The pe- it was the peanut brittle can was, like, the classic prank. 
which this was like a hundred of them in a box. Yeah. <laughs> and not to, you know, another tangent, but have any of you guys? I don't think I've ever had peanut brittle. I have peanut brittle is great. I don't know if I have either. Like it sounds like something you get it, when like, you, 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 you get it when you go to places like Laconia or like just like other like like small towns and stuff. Yeah, like, like I can't yeah. imagine yeah. myself like with going to the a same store. Same place as taffy. Yeah, like I wouldn't just buy like some peanut brittle to snack on at home. But yeah, so yeah, I like peanuts. I like brittle. The snakes pop out, and they discover after that that oh, there's something else in here, and it's just a photo. It's a photo of the two of them when they were younger on some lake or whatever. I, I, I didn't remember specifically where they were. I forget. But um, yeah, really good notes. Gave them a moment to reminisce, down. and then on the back of the note, they realized that there was just a small note from their father, and it just says like, "You're rich." So it confirms what Brian had said, you know, earlier in the episode that somewhere there's money, but they didn't get into how they're rich or any any other details, right? Other than maybe money's on their way, like maybe it was in like a trust or something that's go- that's gonna come to them. But there's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> that's true. By the way, did everybody figure that out? That like early, like I, I did. That the dad was just trying to get them to be together to bond again. I yeah, didn't and pick I think up that's on what it. he meant by rich. Like you're rich with. Yeah, that's what yeah. I got. I don't like, think they're actually. That re- rich that's what i mean but like i i figured it out like when there was a second key that it was a wild goose chase just to like nah, i'll be honest with the you. one thing i thought of is maybe the other key was for another airplane to be like your one plane company can now be two and now it's Sand i did kind of think that at some point that somehow a second plane was going to come into the picture yeah that's what i thought that too. would still be to reunite them yeah like, but his, honestly his i didn't Usually, Sorry, so they'd be reunited airlines yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of ao there's a lot of like projecting with shows like this, right? Like you kind of like you see things coming all the all the time with these shows because they're not like too complex. I didn't pick up on that this whole thing was to get the two of them together, like at all, until the reveal at the end. Yeah, I I didn't fig- I didn't guess the snakes or anything like that. Well, yeah, well that would be. A, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody snakes. guessed the snakes. <laughs> yeah, Maybe laugh. So is this the prequel though. to Snakes on a Plane? Yes, and Snakes on, on a plane. Airport. So, yeah, other than that, they're just kind of like, as they're looking at the photo and reminiscing, they're also kind of having a B conversation with themselves as they're having a conversation, which is the terms of Joe hiring Brian to work there. So they're kind of sneaking that into the conversation as they're looking at the photo. Yeah, they're having a personal, emotional conversation and covering it up with, you know, a a more boilerplate conversation to not act as if they are. And um, it kind of closes with them noticing what they thought was a whale in the background of the photo <laughs> and Helen realizing that that was her because they had referenced earlier that she was like 60 pounds thinner. <laughs> What's a whale doing in the lake? <laughs> my only that's thing, me. My only thing with that was that's the closing line of the show and then they drop the Perfect. photo and the credits roll over the photo and you can see there's nothing behind the two of them. So No, like, there is. Is there? there absolutely is. No, it's yeah. le- left side. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. there. I must have been yeah. looking at the right side. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't pick up on that at all. It's crazy because it bothered me. That would have been me. an egregious error, though, if they just put a picture that didn't have that in there because then you just think they were being super mean to that girl for no reason. Well, that's that's the thing. Is like I can't believe I didn't pick up on it because I took – a moment to note that it bothered me that they didn't include it in the photo and I must have completely <laughs> missed it. And you didn't look at the other side. I just kept looking at the right side of the photo. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's the whole episode. So, I mean, anything else you guys want to touch on, talk about as far as wings goes? No, nothing specific. I think we, we did a good, we did a, a pretty thorough uh, deep dive or deep fly or whatever on that one. Yeah. I mean, planes can dive, right? Dive bombers. That makes sense. 
There's, it was in there somewhere. Again, like I said, this was a show that I've definitely watched a ton when I was younger and have zero recollection of. So it really yeah. was good to to go back and watch this the way we did. It, it was nice because it was like the familiar familiarity of the show, but nothing to base my judgment on. So this was actually a really good show for us to do for that reason for me personally. Oh, wait, I had a question. What is the episode called? It was called Legacy. They didn't call it Pilot? <laughs> the one the time, time it's not, it's not know, called right? Pilot? Yeah. yeah. yeah that is time, a missed yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Did you do Big that time. on purpose, Joe? Was that a real question? No, I just I just thought of that right now. Well, I knew while well, my brain was like, wait, is this one called Pilot? Because it would seem silly to not call this episode Pilot. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. That is funny. Um, so Maybe Pilot was too on the nose. So, yeah, I mean, at this point, guys, there's really nothing left to say, right? Unless someone has something, but... Uh, I think we could just go about it and do the Green Lantern cancel. So I want to go from the order. I see you. Gordo, you're first. I'm going to green light this. I remember this show when we were younger. I remember not liking it for some reason. Or I remember not getting any of the humor or anything like that. I remember it being on. But again, like you said, no real recollection of the show. I didn't realize how funny it actually is. And I'm glad I watched it. I would watch the second episode. So that's a green light for me. Nick. This was a quintessential show of my youth. And I, but I have not seen it in a very long time. I have not revisited it at all until now. Um, And I'm glad I did because it was, you worry that things you've seen in the past don't hold up when you're older. And uh, that wasn't the case with this, luckily. And I had a lot of fun watching it again, and I can't wait to keep watching it. So, green light. Ferg. So, um, when when the show started at that weird tone, then the bad theme song put me put me in a weird mood. I was re- ready already to cancel it, and and the the show just completely turns it around. So, I mean, you get a second chance at a first impression, I guess. But um, yeah, I really liked it, and. Yeah, definitely a, a green light. It's, it was a lot deeper than I remembered, <laughs> which was funny. Joe. Yeah, I think it's kind of crazy. We all knew of this show, and it played on USA. And we talk a lot about how we've watched wrestling our whole lives, right? And wrestling was on, for the most part, when we were kids. We watched USA or whatever. So it was always around. It takes place where we're from, and everybody who's in it, for the most part, are people we all enjoy. Or something. I really liked people I liked growing up. Something's kind of crazy. I never saw it. I wonder if... I would have liked it if I tried to watch it then. I don't think I would have, but I really, really enjoyed watching it now. And it was one of those shows where I turned to Kelsey and was like, I hope you liked that because now I want to keep watching this, right? And it's one of those like 20-minute per episode shows that breezes by. Uh, I would say that it's something that is probably forgotten by a lot of people. Yeah, I think so. I don't so. know why this one seems to be under the radar so much. <laughs> under the radar. hey And we got to stream it like most of those planes fly through. Um, and I think that propels it to a green light for me. Okay, so I'm the last man. I think I'm going against the rest of you. And I'm actually going to cancel this one. And what? it wasn't that I disliked it as a whole. Like, I didn't hate the show. But there wasn't a lot drawing me to want to keep watching. Like, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. Uh, It was just, I don't know, not a lot captured me watching the whole thing. It was just that, like, I got bored of just that one setting. And, like, I needed a little bit more. And, 
like Ferg said, there was this early weird tone that like I just wasn't like vibing with the humor and it just wasn't really capturing with me. I did think it picked up a lot. I really thought basically from the moment Brian enters the show, it helped it a bit. And again, it's not that I don't like it and wouldn't continue to watch it. But if I was to look at just this episode alone, if the I always say it goes back to my desire to keep watching as soon as the episode's over. And I wasn't like in this position where it's like, oh, man, I can't wait to watch episode two. This seems like a show for me that if I'm doing work on my computer or something and it's on TV, I would leave it on and like let in like glance up and like enjoy it a little. But to sit and just watch it and give it all my attention, I, it, it just didn't land that way for me. So for me, it's a cancel. But hey, um, that's didn't land. <laughs> that's uh, you, we still got four out of five of us. So 80 percent. Yes, <laughs> factor. So uh, congratulations to wings. You live on to see another day. And that's it for this episode, guys. So I'm going to go into everything like we normally do. Just make sure you go to s1e1pod.com, and that's where you can find all the links to our social medias, all the links to where you can listen to us. Please, whatever you follow us on, subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff. I cannot stress enough how important that is to us. We really need those things because it helps with the algorithms and it helps us spread to other people. And we love doing the show and want to keep doing it. But uh, the more outreach we have, the better that is. So, again, guys, S1E1Pod.com. And real quick before I forget, actually, if Wings is a show that you find interesting or want to watch after listening to us talk about it, you can find that on Hulu. Hulu is where you can go to find uh, all episodes of Wings currently. So that's it, guys. Thank you all so much. Good night. Muffin spelled backwards is sniffing. Major hooters.